we, we restore lives. The survival of your critically ill patient at this point, if they're a COVID positive patient, a lot of that is in the hands of the doctors and the nurses. We're there to restore the lives of our patients, of, of all our patients. And that we need to be mindful of. On the show, two experts in not only cardiopulmonary physical therapy, but acute care, ICU physical therapy. We breed in Heidi Engel and Ellen Hillegas. Ellen been on the show before a, a wealth of knowledge in cardiopulmonary physical therapy. And Heidi Engel, new to the show, full-time clinician in ICU. She's worked in every setting in PT, including uh, with specific ICU projects and patients. So what this episode is trying to do is highlight a webinar that the Academy of Cardiopulmonary Physical Therapists has put together, bringing together experts. This is what you want, right? This is similar to a, a large press conference with all of the experts coming in from different angles. So if you're going to be working with these patients that are uh, that are affected by COVID-19 now and as we progress through this disease, this is the webinar that you want to be taking a look at. It is free and open access. You do not need to be, need to be a ma- member of the Cardiopulmonary uh, Academy or a member of the APTA. It is truly open access. Uh, we will include the link to that webinar in the show notes of this episode if you'd like to uh, to take a watch of the full webinar with all the resources. Really what this conversation is, is giving a high-level view of what uh, Heidi and Ellen had talked about on there. Really the goal for you is to get some 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 good high-level information, and then hopefully if you need more, have access to that webinar. So uh, to take a listen with Heidi and uh, with Ellen here on the show, uh, it's brought to you by Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it in clinical practice. Practice. And as always, uh, our friends at Arius Medical Staffing, helping to keep the show on the air right now as we navigate this world that is uh, changing as physical therapists and physical therapist assistants. Travel PT might be something that you're thinking doesn't fit right now in our world, but actually Arius is working to get therapists where they're most needed. So an emergency response in communities that need therapists. So if you're looking for a position right now, because a lot of physical therapists might be displaced and out of work, Arius has positions in all 50 states for communities in need in all different settings. So uh, take a look online at AURESmedical.com. That is AURESmedical.com. If you're looking to be a physical therapist and have a great positive impact on communities that need you, AURESmedical.com. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Welcome aboard. This is the PT Pinecast. Here's your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ladies, want to say thanks uh, so much for taking some time out to talk with us. Excited to kind of share what you guys are up to. Well, thanks for having us. Perfect. Yeah, thanks for having us. Great. So, yeah, so I'm really, I saw what you guys were doing online and uh, I wanted to share it with uh, with the profession in terms of a webinar, really, really just sharing good information right now, which I think uh, a lot of people out there are kind of inundated with information, right? We've got a lot mm-hmm. of information every time you open any social media app. Uh, some of it is good. Some of it, I won't call it bad. I'll call it less than good. But uh, we wanted to get a high-level look at what you guys are sharing because you have some uh, some particular your insight. Ellen, we've had you on the show before, a leader in cardiovascular and pulmonary physical therapy. Uh, Heidi, what's a little bit of your background? How would you explain what you uh, what your experience is to the audience? Sure. So I started our ICU early mobility program at UCSF Medical Center um, in 2008. And at that time, it was 
a very new concept, the idea that you would have your ICU patient awake and actually moving. So it was a big um, endeavor to get our institution to sign on with what at that time was a really theoretical, unproven form of critical care treatment. So I started that with an um, interprofessional committee I created in 2008, and it resulted in us creating a full-time physical therapy job in the ICU, in our medical ICU in 2010. I started there full-time, and I've been there ever since. But at the same time, I have done a lot of work in terms of advocating for ICU early mobility and oncology and hospice care in a number of different places, like the American Delirium Society, and I've been working with the Society of Critical Care Medicine on their ICU liberation campaign for eight years. Yeah, that's my background. Wow. I've been a PT for 33 years. Wow. Well, and I've worked in every clinical setting you can imagine. So <laughs> it's good, which is, which is good because I, I, um, I think I bring the tools I've developed in all those different settings to what I know and what I do in the specific setting of, of the ICU. Well, glad to have you and all that experience uh, on the phone today. I, I love how you say in 2008, you know, getting your, your patients awake and, and mobilized uh, in an ICU setting was unthought of. And myself graduating in 2016, that was that, that, of course you do that. So I love the fact that in 2008, you saw something where it was like, oh, absolutely, this is unheard of. You don't do this. And now it's commonplace. There was nothing at the time. There was really nothing public. So the only people who had really published anything was LDS Medical Center in Salt Lake City. They are the originating pioneers for IC early mobility. And of course, when I did my research and I presented it to the leaders at UCSF, they, they really laughed at me. They just said, you know, some Mormons in Salt Lake City, you want us to change our practice based on what they're doing? We don't even think this is real. Right. So it really took Johns Hopkins and Dale Needham to want to do it in his ICU based on research he's done with Margaret Harris in Toronto, Canada, which is where he's from originally. And um, he looked at what LBS Medical Center in Salt Lake City was doing, and he went there, and he observed it up close, and he said, this is what we need to do in our ICU. And it was really when, and, and I contacted Dale, and Dale was incredibly generous, and so everything he shared with me to do, I did. Every time I brought it back to our team, as soon as they heard the word Hopkins, they, it, they were interested. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're on the show, and uh, you guys are, are going to be doing something or already sharing some information with the profession that is really giving physical therapists some insight in terms of what is the best role for you as a PT during this viral pandemic. And I, I wanted to bring you guys on because you guys had it well thought out and you guys obviously have the experience working with uh, a lot of the hardest hit patients that we're, we are seeing and will continue to be seeing. So I wanted to turn it over to you guys, you know, feel free to, to give people a reason to tune in and, and, and take a look at the work that you've uh, done. Maybe, maybe one of you guys take the job of explaining what you've put together so far. Um, I'll jump in, Heidi, if you don't mind. So um, actually, Angela Campbell, the president of the cardiovascular and pulmonary uh, section, came up with this idea that we should put together something that would help others understand the disease because there were a lot of rumors about 
oh, should we be doing airway clearance? Should we not be doing airway clearance? What kind of disease is this? And the problem is people heard that it was pneumonia, so they thought it was typical pneumonia. But the COVID pneumonia is not the typical pneumonia. The COVID is uh, what happens to the lungs. The worst case scenario is acute respiratory distress syndrome. And so we were trying to get the word out about that. So Angela contacted Heidi because she's out in the trenches with the patients in San Francisco, contacted Chris Permay down in Texas because she has a lot of experience working in and teaching about ICU care. And so um, Chris talked about ventilators, reached out to um, Stephen Ramsey in Atlanta, who's working at Piedmont Hospital, to talk about if ventilators don't work, what do you, what is the role of ECMO? So Stephen gave a whole talk on ECMO. And Angela spoke on the actual ACE2 receptors, which is what the COVID actually attaches onto, binds onto, and causes a lot of this problem. So she went down to the cellular level. Wow. Um, and I kind of kicked it off with the pathophysiology of pneumonia versus ARDS. What are the clinical symptoms we're seeing? What are the uh, lab and what are the CT findings we're seeing clinically? So to help people, what are we seeing? Uh, how are they treating? And what are ventilator management? What's ECMO management? And then Heidi was just amazing at the end and tied it all together with her clinical experience right there in the trenches treating these patients, but also trying to help people understand that if you don't know ICU, this is not the time to get in ICU. And random people should not be going in and out of COVID patients' rooms because we need to be very careful to not spread the disease to other people in the hospital and out of the hospital. So she not only described what's going on in acute care and what the needs are, but she also really described the problem that the patient is going to have after the COVID disease because they're left with a lot of skeletal muscle weakness and endurance impairments, and they're going to be a, a sicker patient than we're used to seeing. So she did a great summary of everything. Uh, that This is the first that I'm actually hearing, and, and this is why something that you put together needs to exist is the intricacies. You know, this might be similar to something, but this is not the same as something you've seen before. And uh, all the insight that you've obviously brought together with the experts that you uh, you, you you were able to coordinate with and, and share these resources, uh, this is invaluable information because these things are similar but not the same. And if you treat them a, a different way, you could have negative results. True. And then if you jump in there not knowing what you're doing, you could suffer right. some of the consequences. So I think... Um, The whole thing was well done to give the content expert knowledge to people. And um, actually, one colleague already wrote me and said, I wish the public could hear this because they don't understand this disease at all either. Yeah. Heidi, you know, feel free to, uh, to, to give us uh, to some high level. And I want to make sure that you guys share how the audience can get this information 
to them if they are listening and saying, I'd like to know more? Uh, what, what are you able to share? What do you think is most important for physical therapists to hear now with all of your experience, especially in the ICU? The most important thing we can do during this time is to learn really sound clinical reasoning. And so we've developed a system in the hospital at UCSF where we have senior knowledgeable clinicians screen all the referrals on our COVID positive patients and our COVID rule out patients. And we screen them to decide if it makes sense for us to go see those patients or if we really should wait and watch and see uh, if the trajectory of this patient improves a bit or not. There's some, one thing that struck me the first time I worked with one of the COVID positive patients was he had been a previously very active, very healthy, still working as a CEO of a company person who got very sick with COVID. And obviously prior to getting sick with this virus, he was very robust, but now that he was sick, within a matter of, you know, one to two weeks, he really resembled my end-stage lung disease patients um, with, in, with fibrotic lung disease who are waiting for a lung transplant. And that, I've never seen anything like that before, because pneumonia doesn't take that kind of a trajectory. And it, it, it's really how it looks. It looks like what was inside of him, if I could look inside him, was lung tissue that just was no longer functioning. And the thing is, is that with our end-stage lung disease patients, they are very slowly losing the function of their lung tissue over time, and they're learning to adapt as they go. This is happening so suddenly in these patients. Um, that very understandably they feel incredibly anxious and they don't know what to do or how to manage it. And so our role at that point, I think, could be quite crucial because what we need them to do is actually to figure out in their heads how to cope with this sense of breathlessness while remaining, while remaining mobile and protecting their skeletal muscle. But I think, you know, I think there's a a lot for us as a profession to think about in terms of what do these patients need from us when they're in the first one to two weeks of the of the illness? What do they need for us after the first couple of weeks of the illness? And then, like Ellen said, what will they need long-term going forward? Yeah. And I've been distressed by what I've seen on social media or in, in my inbox because I see a lot of PTs rushing into the ICU right now and people saying we're going to train our outpatient physical therapists to go in and help out the extra set of hands in the ICU. And something to understand is that the, the, the majority, the vast majority of the people who do not survive this disease are the people who require ICU level care and require intubation. So 15 to 20% of the intubated COVID, for COVID population are going to be activated and survive, which means there's a very large cohort of infectious people that it would be best for everyone if we could somehow figure out not to go near them. So that's one thing. 
Yeah, the it's, other is it's it's good yeah, to have go this insight though, uh, you know, because a lot of you you know you brought up information on social media. We're getting so many people who are Monday morning quarterbacks who are who are saying, well, this is similar too, so we should just do this. And you've got the experience in saying, well, that's actually not that's actually not the not the best practice going forward for these patients. Correct. And meanwhile, we're we're a precious commodity of, of our own in the hospital setting, and are our resources, you know, better utilized elsewhere? For example, if you want to bring outpatient PTs into the hospital, then it would be great to have them be, perform the jobs of being extra geriatricians, extra acute rehab oriented, because our patients who are not COVID, and particularly if they're over the age of 65, they need to get out of the hospital and go straight home. And we don't have really the, the outlet of sending them to a skilled nursing facility or an acute rehab that wouldn't really be in their best interest, even if there are beds available in those facilities. So I think with the knowledge and the skills of outpatient PTs and their ability to make more intense exercise prescriptions for other patients in the hospital, they would be really well applied in that setting because if you can speed up the discharge of people who don't have COVID and right. you can send them home instead of facility, you've really done something valuable for, for everyone. Uh, let, let's talk about what this, uh, what this webinar really accomplishes and where it's available. Uh, Ellen, you want to talk about that? Where can someone, if they're listening and saying, okay, you've given me enough information to know that I need to know more, uh, where can they go and find this? And uh, what sort of other things are they going to be able to learn when they, when they digest it? So currently, it is already posted on the acute care website, on the cardiovascular and pulmonary section website, and on the health policy website. And even if you're not a member of the sections or the APTA, you can access this. Wow. It is open to anyone because we want the word out there. So that's A, you can, you can, anyone can access it, member of the APTA or a non-member. We want people to get the information. So if people have heard so much, we've been talking for, for 10, 15 minutes about this, really give them the high level, what, what else are they going to get out of spending time with this webinar and what other information are they going to be able to ar- be armed with when they walk out? Well, you know, some of the things are who are the higher risk patients and then who are the ones with the better prognosis and the worst prognosis? Because as Heidi said, you have to come down to limited resources of PT. So who's going to get the most benefit out of my um, treatment? And so if it's somebody who's, you know, sedated on the ventilator and really has a poor prognosis because they're already a multi-organ failure, then you're going to save from seeing that person or, you know, wait until maybe they turn around and, and you're going to put more of your bang for your buck into a patient that um, is starting to come off of the ventilator or is in the awakening phase of the ICU and needs more intensive ICU, get them out of there so they can get home. Yeah. So we really want to be intensifying our therapy with those that are really appropriate and have very good prognoses. And so it's not just seeing everybody. It's seeing the ones who really need the therapy the most to try and get them out of the ICU and out of the hospital to home and not, you know, they really can't go to an acute rehab or a skilled nursing facility right now. That would be a hotbed for COVID as well. Right. 
so so you want to get them home and so you're doing a lot more intensive therapy yeah good information from the people who have the uh, the right insight at the right time and cutting out some of the clutter because i think a lot of people out there want to be helpful and as you guys highlighted several times during our, our talk today you might be doing more harm than good if you don't have the right insight. So I know people want to do, they want to be busy. That's what PTs, you know, that's what PTs and PTAs like to do. We like to stay moving. And this, this webinar is going to give them the right information at the right time about the right patients. And, you know, the other thing, Jenny, is that both Heidi and I show that there are some critical days during this virus expression that PTs should understand. So we start to see the symptoms day three to five. Um, and, you know, 90 plus percent are going to have mild to moderate symptoms. But it's the day 11, 12, that if your patients are not going to do well, you see rapid changes. And so we were telling them on this webinar that even if they're on the floor, if it's day 11, 12, then you're talking about watch them closely. If they start telling you they're much more short of breath, they're not feeling as good, their oxygen saturation is really dropping. We need to not just say, okay, we'll talk to your doctor. We need to act fast because when they start to go down, it's about that day and they don't do well. And so you have to catch them fast. So those are the kinds of things we were talking about, what we've seen with the disease. And it's day 11, 12, all the way through 15 that we're seeing the worst scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Great insight right there. Heidi and Ellen on the show, giving us some insight about the webinar that they had recorded with a couple different academies within the APTA, but it is open access for, for anybody. We will put the link to it in the show notes of this episode and as well as the, uh, the websites for the cardiopulmonary uh, section of the APTA amongst other places. You know, ladies, uh, what's, what's something motivational? We have a, a feature on the show called the parting shot. Uh, what's something you'd say to other physical therapists who are listening to this right now who are going to go and take a listen to that webinar and they're going to be treating patients tomorrow and they're going to be using some of that insight that they've learned? Any motivational words? We'll start with Heidi. You know, what would you want to whisper in their ear during this uh, tough time? That we have to offer a preventative treatment early in, in patient population, but I suppose it really does apply to all of our patient populations that if we can get to these folks early and educate them about the distress, the anxiety, the need to set a routine, even if you have a mild case of COVID, to go home and have a routine, but in, and even though you feel incredibly lousy, to attenuate the inflammatory process because what what is most harmful to people in, in the end stages of this disease or in this disease becomes severe is the immune modulated inflammatory process that follows after the viral road attack actually drops a bit. So just like Ellen was saying in, in, days, in days 10 to 14. So if you can warn people that a potential storm is coming early in the process and one way to best attenuate all this is to preserve your skeletal muscles, preserve your cardiopulmonary system to the best of your ability and realize that afterwards you're going to need a comprehensive rehab process to restore your life again. That's that's what I would say is a, is a take home from from our webinar. Perfect. In Ellen, terms of motivation, we, get, get we restore lives. We we restore lives. We the survival of your critically ill patient at this point, if they're a COVID positive patient, a lot of that is in the hands of the doctors and the nurses 
we're there to restore the lives of our patients, of, of all our patients. And that we need to be mindful of. That's well said. Ellen, uh, parting shot, what, what words of motivation and wisdom do you have to share? What I'd like to share is, is that um, based on our webinar this weekend, um, there's now a movement to go ahead and start some free courses for therapists through the Learning Center, I think. Multiple sections are getting together, and people are donating uh, their time and their coursework to help those other therapists who may not know how to work with some of these very impaired patients that are going to, that are post-acute. So the post-intensive care patient, um, we call it the PICS. Um, but actually, I think they came up with a new name, PACER, post-acute COVID exercise and rehab. And it's to try and help therapists um, get these people back by telling them about their endurance impairments and their musculoskeletal impairments from this, you know, serious disease. So I'd like to, you know, tell people to stay on the alert for that because that's coming out next. And that's through the APTA in many, many sections. Perfect. Uh, good insight right there. Uh, I wanted to say thank you for your time in sharing some of your insights, some, some things that uh, therapists out there need to know, as well as the longer form webinar, which again, we'll include in the show notes of this episode. Ladies, thanks so much for your time. Uh, appreciate you sharing this good information that will eventually trickle down to other therapists and most importantly, trickle down to patients. Thanks, Jimmy, for having us and for promoting this. Yes, thanks, Jimmy. It was a great time talking to you. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com. Do you want to improve your skills as an orthopedic physical therapist? Do you want to practice at the top of your profession? Have you ever thought about earning your orthopedic clinical specialist certification? Well, imagine how great it would feel to go into the OCS examination feeling confident and prepared that you'll pass on your first attempt. If you were given a plan that was simple to follow, if you were given lessons that were easy to understand, and you were given sample tests that sharpened your skills. However you're comfortable studying, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy's current concepts course can make you more prepared and confident for the OCS examination. But it can't help you unless you take the first step and make the investment, and today is your chance. Go to orthopt.org and take the current concepts course from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. That's orthopt.org and the current concepts course from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. This is the PT Pinecast. New Step created the first product of its kind 25 years ago. That was the New Step Recumbent Cross Trainer. Now it's a mainstay in rehab with physical therapists worldwide. New Step now continues its tradition of innovation with the New Step Transit, another innovation in recumbent cross trainers for physical therapists, delivering real-time biofeedback with this piece of equipment, letting you use it in meaningful ways for awareness of physical performance, uh, goals, identifying and correcting deficits or imbalances. Take a test drive or find out more at New Step.
newstep.com. That's N-U-Step.com. Online at newstep.com. This is the PT Pinecast. Rock Tape, helping you get your patients stronger, longer. Find them online at rocktape.com slash medical. More than just a kinesiology tape company, they are a movement company, giving you the classes, the tools, the education, the research to get your patients moving stronger, longer. Find them online at rocktape.com slash medical. That is rocktape.com slash medical. This is the PT Pinecast. If you're looking for education past your physical therapy degree, look no further than Brooks IHL. That's Brooks Rehabilitation Institute of Higher Learning. You can find out more at brooksihl.org. Continuing education along with residencies and fellowships. Residencies in orthopedics, geriatrics, women's health, neurologic PT, pediatrics, sports, and a fellowship opportunity as well. So look into it if you're looking to expand your knowledge base, brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet, ptpinecast.com, created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting, to providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com.